Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Across the country, millions of children are being raised solely by their grandparents, and the numbers are continuing to climb as the opioid crisis and other factors disrupt these families. We're talking today with Dr. Andrew Addisman. He's a nationally recognized pediatrician with special expertise in the areas of parenting and child development. Dr. Addisman, I'd like to just start, because this is not only across the country, but grandparents have been raising their grandchildren all over the world, really for years. But what's happening in this country specifically, and why are we seeing more of it? Well, grandparents, you know, in in the past 20 years have been playing a much greater role in in the raising of children. And and, uh, certainly, as you mentioned, you know, grandparents have always been involved in children's lives. But, you know, with uh, we have grandparents stepping in and helping during the day oftentimes, and that would be for, you know, parents who are, you know, single parents who have to work. This would be two-parent households where both parents are working or perhaps uh, in some instances with military deployments um, or, uh, excuse me, that would be the latter category. But but when you have parents working, uh, then you have grandparents oftentimes stepping in. But what this book, I'm sorry, what the topic I'm most interested in are grandparents who are not just helping out during the day, but are really responsible for these children 24-7, and there are a lot of reasons for it. And as you mentioned, the opioid epidemic is one of the reasons that's uh, increasing. Certainly, uh, the media is constantly reporting on the increasing number of deaths associated uh, with opioid use, and they're hitting record numbers. Um, but there are other reasons as well, and it could be uh, you know parents who unfortunately are being uh, put in jail for one reason or another, uh, parents who have mental health uh, problems that prevent them from successfully parenting their children. Um, also, uh, child abuse or neglect would be another reason why children would be taken out of the care and custody of their parents and then perhaps are oftentimes placed in the care of grandparents. And so, you know, my interest of recent has been grandparents who are not just having a role in uh, uh, their grandchildren's lives, but really being principally responsible in the absence of uh, the parents being involved. Dr. Addison, over the years, we've heard about this with grandparents or aunties in certain communities, like the African-American community. Are you seeing this happening more across the spectrum and, and the culture? It's happening because of, like, as you say, the opioid crisis is really affecting all communities. So are you seeing this really cross-culture everywhere now? The answer is absolutely yes. In fact, when you look at some of the census data uh, from the U.S. Census, looking at grand families, and that's sort of a broader term, but most typically referring to uh, grandchildren being raised by their grandparents, when you look at the racial breakdown, uh, according to the 2016 uh, American Community Survey done by the, CD, uh, by the census, uh, 58% of grandchildren being raised by uh, uh, non-parents in terms of grandparents and aunties, as you mentioned, 58% white, 24% black, 2% Asian, uh, 3% American Indian, etc. So, so although people may have some presumptions or stereotypes uh, about this being problems limited to minority communities, the reality is it's something that's going on across the country, and uh, the majority of children being raised by their grandparents are, are, are indeed actually white. 
Before we talk about your studies, because you've done some extensive work and also written a book, Grand Family Guidebook, Wisdom and Support for Grandparents Raising Grandchildren, how are the grandparents handling it? I know that my mother, were she still alive, would be somebody who would say, I'm in, I'm all over it. My dad, who's already 95, but back when he was a little younger, they had six of their own children. And he would have been like, you know what, I'm done. I don't I don't want to do this again. How are the grandparents handling it? What are their attitudes to this? Well, you know, uh, unfortunately, that's not a short answer, and, and, and the experiences vary. But, but the reality is when children are being placed with their grandparents, uh, oftentimes, it's uh, grandparents are sort of caught by surprise. Uh, it's certainly not something that they had planned for. In some instances, they might have anticipated difficulties depending on the emotional or behavioral issues with the parents. But the bottom line is grandfamilies are often formed under stress, and grandparents step in typically as the result of a crisis. Uh, they have to take charge of the children, and they have to uh, play a primary role in terms of parenting uh, their grandchildren. And it can be scary and stressful. Um, there's a lot for them to learn, and although they've been parents before, uh, there's times have changed, and so there's some uh, some of the old parenting beliefs uh, no longer hold true. Certainly, you know, trying to help, let's say, for example, school-age children, uh, you know, technology poses challenges, uh, even whether perhaps be you know registering their grandchild for preschool or or grade school and and being able to navigate technology that way. Uh, there can be health challenges. Uh, and financial challenges. And, and so as much as their heart's in the right place and they're going to do the best and do right by their, their grandchildren, uh, it, it's not without uh, some challenges associated with it. Um, but, but on a positive note, and it's an important positive note, uh, one of the, the uh, things that we looked at in one of our studies was, you know, the CDC data looking at grandparents raising grandchildren and then comparing those grandparents' responses the parents raising their own children and looking at grandparents, parenting grandparents versus parenting parents. And in certain measures, they were really doing pretty well. Um, so when we asked them about things like um, coping and stress and uh, caregiver-child interactions, uh, when you adjust for a lot of the sociodemographic differences, and this is an important qualifier, when you adjust for some of those sociodemographic differences, we didn't find differences in terms of their coping and uh, parenting stress. However, and this is the important however, there are very substantial differences um, uh, in terms of you know the educational level, the health uh, status, um, and the financial resources of grandparents, and they're oftentimes uh, parenting grandparents, and they're often disadvantaged. Well, see, I kind of knew where you were going to go with that, and I would think that, you know, while there are those unique challenges, and older people tend to be a little bit more financially secure, and now they've got to go through all of that again, and like you said, technology and registering for school, I imagine that some of the stressors, the joy of raising a child is somewhat increased for a grandparent, as opposed to us nervous parents who are like, you know, nervous about everything. It seems the older you get, the less those things, those little things, he's going to bump into the corner of the table, those bother you. I'm not sure if this is just my, my own assessment or opinion, or if this is true. Tell us a little bit about some of the studies that you conducted, Dr. Addisman, and, and, are they finding common ground? Tell us what you found and also how the kids are reacting to having 
their grandparents as their stand-in parents? So I've done basically two sets of studies. One I sort of alluded to already, and that was looking at nationally representative sample of uh, grandparents who are raising their grandchildren. And when you look, when you take data, for example, from you know the Census Bureau, then you're sort of limited by what questions they asked. And so we had some helpful information, and it was important to do that head-to-head comparison, but it didn't do a deep dive in terms of the experience of parenting grandparents. And so that's one of the reasons why I had done uh, a study where we reached out to parenting grandparents. We, we reached out nationally. We received responses from about 700 parenting grandparents. And there we did get much, much more granular information about how they're able to uh, deal with you know, discipline issues, deal with you know, some of the technology challenges, and also touch on some of the uh, um, socio-emotional challenges, whether it be in terms of the impact on their relationship with their partner or spouse, and then also how they're feeling about parenting and the like. <clears throat> and one of the most important affirmative, most of the positive findings, is that you know, despite whatever challenges I may have alluded to, the grandparents felt good about their decision, and none of them really regretted uh, taking this role. And yes, it can be disruptive or stressful and can pose financial challenges and could potentially be socially isolating because they're no longer able to spend as much time, for example, with you know other retirees or the like. But they feel they're making a difference in, in the raising of their grandchildren. They recognize that uh, their grandchildren would have uh, suffered or not done as well if they were placed in, in the foster care system or if they stayed with the, the parent. And so they're, they're really playing a pivotal and critical role, and they're oftentimes the best person available to take on this role. So I think that, you know, on a very, very positive note, the grandparents who are raising grandchildren, uh, they've got their challenges, but they feel good about their decision. I, I certainly would myself. I can tell that if it was me, I would absolutely take that mantle and run with it and be happy. But I love little kids. And yes, it does change your life to have little ones again and go through all of it. Teenage years, high school, the whole thing. I can see where that will be difficult. How are the kids? I mean, in your studies, were the kids embarrassed that they had older stand-in parents? Were they finding common ground because the music is so different and the TV shows? There's a lot of differences than between a parent and a child or a grandparent and a child. So more years. So in terms of the studies that I've done, we haven't reached out or been able to connect with the grandchildren themselves. Uh, Obviously, many of them are on the very young side, although they, they, they age with time, and, and certainly there are many school-aged children as well with grandparents. Um, so I can't cite my own studies in terms of the experience uh, experiences of grandchildren being raised by their grandparents. But you know, in our book, uh, uh, you know, we have we include anecdotes where uh, children may be feeling a little bit awkward or embarrassed. You know, when it's their grandparents, you know, on the sidelines at a soccer game or at a parent-teacher uh, or at a school play or some other event, and there's clearly a generational difference, perhaps between you know the 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 parents, the functional parents, the grandparents uh, for these grandchildren, versus the others. Um, but that said, I think you know it can be somewhat difficult. Um, you know, if you've got grandparents in their fifties and sixties coming to events, and all the other parents are in their twenties or thirties, or for the most part with younger children, or perhaps even forties, uh, the reality is there is this generational gap, and it can, depending on the temperament uh, and of the of the grandparents and the situation, it may be a less comfortable situation for those grandparents. But I think. Uh, 
grandparents recognize that that's a sort of a, a small, you know, social awkwardness uh, price to pay. And, and again, you know, grandparents who are doing this, I think, are really uh, stepping in, playing such an important role and making such a difference for these children who we know to be at risk. And, and the children can be sometimes also a little more challenging. And so, again, as I said, I don't have information directly from the, the grandchildren, you know, we do have some uh, data, uh, for example, from that national census data from the CDC, where we, uh, the CDC data, where we looked at, for example, the incidence of some temperament issues, and the children could be a little bit more difficult temperamentally. There's suggestion, perhaps, of a higher rate of ADHD, and we know that, you know, children uh, with ADHD can, you know, pose a greater challenge to parents, whether it be parents or grandparents. So, so it, there, there can be bumps in the road. There definitely can be some challenges, and I think that that, you know, uh, one of the important messages for parenting grandparents is to take advantage of resources. And, and there's, there's lots of resources that I think, you know, many parenting grandparents aren't aware of, whether it be local support groups in their community, whether it be online support groups, um, and uh, certainly there are also some financial resources for uh, parenting grandparents as well. So I think that, you know, the more resources that uh, grand families take advantage of, you know, hopefully uh, that'll be more helpful for them, whether it be in terms of social-emotional support and also financially. Dr. Addisman, is there... Uh, in your research and talking with grandparents, is there an end game for the parents to come back? Are the grandparents hoping that the parents will get past their drug abuse or get out of jail or un unless they've died, you know, but I if they haven't, is there that look toward the future when the parents will come back and take their children back? Uh, that's really a great question, Melanie. And the reality is it's going to vary by circumstance. You know, if somebody has a relatively minor drug offense and they're going to be in jail for, or even let's say make it a non-drug offense, uh, you know, stealing or whatever it may be, uh, and is in jail for a shorter period of time, then yes, it's realistic for the parents to come back into the picture. Unfortunately, um, you know, especially as it relates to, you know, uh, substance abuse, uh, the reality is what may seem to be a relatively short-term placement, you know, and months or, you know, a year or whatever, uh, can end up being far longer. And, you know, hopes that a parent may become clean or hopes that a parent may be able to turn around their life and, and make the commitment that's necessary to uh, uh, raise uh, their own child, uh, that doesn't always happen. And, and, you know, grand families, I think it's the majority of the time where, you know, a placement that was originally envisioned to be uh, shorter term with the hopes that the parent can turn things around and, and once again take responsibility for their own child doesn't happen. And then grandparents end up becoming uh, really, in essence, the uh, permanent or primary uh, caregiver for that child throughout their childhood. Wrap it up. What an absolutely fascinating topic and, and interesting and also heartwarming and yet heartbreaking at the same time. Dr. Addisman, as you wrap it up, tell us where we could find the Grand Family Guidebook and what you want the takeaway message to be from your studies and from your research and talking with the grandparents. What do you want the takeaway to be? Uh, I think the, the things that I would um, 
say are most important is for parenting grandparents uh, to take advantage of resources, look online, look for support groups. Um, there's more and more information available uh, regarding uh, supports and resources, and uh, the AARP website is one place. They can actually come to uh, the uh, Grand Family Guidebook uh, has a, a website on the page, and we direct families to lots of resources, so uh, that would be very, very helpful. Uh, certainly the book can be purchased anywhere, and we provide inf- lots of information to families uh, about um, the resources that are available uh, for uh, f- financial and, and as well as other supports. And then lastly, I think that there needs to be a fuller acknowledgement of uh, the incredible commitment and responsibilities that parenting grandparents are taking on. And, and I think, you know, everyone in the community, you know, beyond the grand families themselves, you know, should try to help and support uh, these individuals and make them as comfortable as possible, help as much as possible, be as understanding as possible, because as you said, it, it's both, you know, heartbreaking and heartwarming and uh, grandparents who are stepping up and taking on this responsibility really are doing uh, a blessing uh, for their grandchildren. And it's so important. Absolutely true. Really, really good information. Thank you again, Dr. Addisman, for joining us today. You're listening to Healthy Children, a podcast with the experts from the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. You can share this show if you know somebody who is a grandparent who is now raising their children or somebody in this situation, share this show with them because it's so interesting and these studies are so interesting. And you can listen to this show on iTunes, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are played. But we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in and stay well.